0: everyone and welcome to a new episode of marketing laboratory a podcast series launched by the student organization of marketing laboratory our mission is to offer a bridge between the industry and the academic sphere and current students that seek knowledge beyond their curriculum and with this podcast setup we get to do so through the sound so you can deep dive into exciting marketing related topics whenever and whatever my name is Eleonora and I will be your host today I'm a first-year master's student at Copenhagen Business School, a role in the program International Marketing and Management, and I joined Marketing Lab very recently. And our topic for today will be growth hacking, a field focusing solely on growth based on the data-driven, experiment-based processes. And today, we have an expert of growth, hacker, growth hacking uh, to align us, the best growth hacker in Denmark. Welcome to Taylor Ryan, CEO of Clean Marketing, an international marketing agency based here in Copenhagen. Hi Taylor, and welcome to the Marketing Laboratory Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I am great, thank you for having me. This is very exciting.
0: Okay, great. So you're the CEO of Cleaned Marketing and can you give us a bit of your background before founding Cleaned?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. So like this morning I I did a presentation for uh, a bunch of graduating students from from Kia and I had to dig up uh, an old presentation Um, So like one of my favorite events out here, uh, and they do it all over the world, it's called Fuck Up Nights. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's where founders or leaders and companies have fucked something up royally. And it's a chance to kind of share that stuff. Uh, And so I I was going through my background, and I'd just kind of forgotten all these things. So I'm a six-time startup founder. I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I've been in the startup scene for over 13 years now. Uh, The time is like flown by. Um, but yeah, I've been out in Denmark for the last five and a half. And while here, I've been growing and scaling some of the more successful or the fastest growing startups out here. So uh, Planned A, Genie Belt, Actimo, and Value, where I was basically leading the charge on those. And, and all of those have had successful exits in the last, yeah, the last like year and a half, two years. So like over four years, four exits is pretty darn good. Um, so yeah, I, I've started my agency just before uh, COVID-19 and the lockdown, which was really uh, not ideal timing. Um, but yeah, it's it's part of just kind of getting through it, right?
0: <laughs> and can you tell us how Clint is actually born?
1: Yeah, so uh, I did a lot of interactions with agencies over the years, uh, you know, in, in many cases, when you're a a small uh, bootstrap startup and you need to get stuff done fast in many cases you'll look towards an agency for speed you want to get these things built uh, and you assume that you're kind of deferring to somebody who knows better Uh, and in many cases I found that not to be um, the fact or the case so um, yeah I got really kind of annoyed with a bunch of different uh, really just terrible agencies, and I also hated the idea that they were just taking list retainers, so we named it Clint uh, after the Danish word for a cliff because I believe in building up foundations, turning over processes, and then basically giving them a jumping off point, or we can continue to kind of fly off into the sunset together, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I've been kind of doing now for, it's almost two years, time has flown by.
0: Yes. So let's now go like deeper in you know, our topic for today. Uh, we can say that growth hacking is not that new, right? But why is it becoming so important today? Like,
1: Yeah. So like the the, the term growth hacking uh, was kind of coined out of, uh, uh, I always forget the guy's name. And
0: Sean, like um, Sean, uh, Sean no, Ellis. Alice, Alice, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it so yeah I was on his podcast like two years ago but um, yeah and that was like I was such a fanboy but yeah the the concept is is really not that unique Uh, it's it's sometimes kind of interchangeable with other bullshit jargon buzzwords within marketing uh, but the reality is I've defined it as doing the most with the least amount of time effort and obviously energy in order to get the biggest results. So I never wanna do a one for one, uh, which is basically directly manual stuff. If I create or have to build something, I wanna be able to rinse and reuse it 50, 100, a thousand, a million times. Uh, And using that kind of mindset, I think you can really try to apply growth hacking to pretty much everything. Uh, And that's, yeah, that's kind of what I love doing
0: but we are always talking about small companies over big companies, right? We cannot really apply a growth hacking method to a very, very big company. Also because maybe they doesn't need it or not.
1: So like, yeah, that's actually some of like the really cool workshops that I've gotten to run with, whether it was like main energy or, uh, Nova Nordisk or Lundbeck or UCB. Uh, I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, I've gotten into a lot of pharmaceutical folks. But um, yeah, the, the methods, the tools, and the processes I think are easily cloned across departments, across industries, across giant companies, all the way down to small startups. I think what ends up happening is that a lot of companies have learned things and have done things traditional ways, more analog ways, and they're very slow to shift and change into something that is obviously a, a bit more, um, you know, commonplace today in terms of how can you scale things fast. You know, I, I had this really bizarre kind of realization working uh, with larger organizations. I, for some reason, thought that because you're in a giant company, your salary must be bigger, which is true. Uh, but I also found that these people are the worst at their jobs. So yeah, just because like you work,
0: the best idea comes from like the, the bottom, you know, and the worst yeah. might come maybe from the top.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I was really in awe of some of these people that got hooked up and into a massive organization where salaries are overinflated and have stayed for 20 years and it's like wow you have 20 years of marketing experience and the reality is they can barely put together an email they've never worked with any digital tools and it's like why the fuck do you have your job like this is absurd to me uh and and that's that's really uh, it's staggering and so that's why i also think that a lot of startups are very readily and and able to adapt to a lot more of the growth hacking stuff one because they haven't learned the bad habits but two it's because they have to compete with these large well-known players in their spaces and the only way to kind of overcome that is to do more with less which is what growth hacking is all about
0: yeah and you said something about tools like can we say that over the years like the marketing tools have like increased like enormously during also especially during this also COVID period, I would like to avoid the COVID. <laughs> think about totally. this one thing, but do you think it doesn't have an impact on that? Also, grow Yeah, on. I,
1: have you seen any of my presentations? That is this pulled directly from like one of my earlier slides or no?
0: I did my research about. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, that's and- awesome yeah i did some research like i okay. okay we can okay maybe we can cut also this part no, no, no. I'm, was I'm
1: totally funny. down to go into it i love it no uh, so i mean obviously, I,
0: I did my research like i yes i deep dive like in many of your videos to.
1: <laughs> yeah no i'm honored thank you uh and oh. you know i i think most of the podcasts that i've ever gone on people are are basically just finding out who i am within the 30 seconds before the call so like
0: oh no. no for me like no. I,
1: no worries.
0: <laughs> that's why I was like so looking forward to meet you in person. Oh, but I mean, cool. okay, that's so that's so nice. So since I did my studies, I remember that during one of your lessons held, uh, held here at Copenhagen Business School, you presented like the enormous growth of the marketing tools over the years. And that's yes. why I would like to ask you how also if yeah. COVID maybe is impacted. And also like in the future years, these uh, marketing tools are going to be like uh, more and more.
1: It, it could go no other way uh and you know you'll often see uh this kind of bundling and unbundling and uh and that's in many different industries specifically with martech or marketing technology marketing tools um it it's just continued to kind of almost have this doubling that you see with uh you know with like the way that chips are with moore's law moore's law is basically due to Uh, the speed of innovation, that the computing power doubles every year in like nine months. Uh, And I find that within the marketing technology landscape, you're kind of seeing the same thing with the number of solutions or tools that are available. So like in 2011, you could really write out maybe the 150 companies that were doing something interesting within marketing automation, marketing tools, marketing anything, uh, anything that was software. But, you know, flash forward to 2020, uh, and they've had to kind of remap this. There's a, a company that always tries to, to jot all this stuff down, uh, and it's it's chiefmartech.com, if anybody wants to look at their, their kind of giant maps of, of all the tools. And it's absurd. Uh, and, yeah, I, I imagine that with lockdown, people are probably a bit more open to adaptation and picking up tools. But... Ultimately, I, I don't know if COVID-19 has that big of an effect. I, I think it's just this kind of runaway train of everybody's coming out with new and interesting tools that either bundle different things or combine others, and it's it's never-ending. Yeah.
0: So about growth hacking again, like how hard is to think like out of the box, but at the same time, keep it like, you know, real, like stay grounded because you cannot just say, oh, hey, I have the best idea ever. Let's do this. That's it. You can all do that. Yeah,
1: yeah it's odd because like that's sometimes like the the questions that I've gotten uh, when I've done some guest lectures over at CBS, where it's like, well, where did you learn this stuff? Where did you pick these things up? Uh, and it's like, well, from doing the work, you know, like like there is no magic bullet. There's no, at least as of yet, a mental download that I can just plug in a chip from from Elon Musk and, and have it all. Um, <laughs> I, I think nowadays, like, nothing's actually new. Uh, and, you know, there was, I can't remember who said the quote, uh, but, it, you know, there's a couple of different anecdotes to this. So, so, like, everything that was worth inventing has been invented already. It was, like, the head of the patent office in, like, Yeah, right, 18- is that true? I was always
0: thinking, like, yeah, I might yeah. invented something, but that's, that's not possible because everything yeah. is invented.
1: Well, and I think what the reality is, is that, combining two things that people are familiar with and it makes kind of a new thing that's what innovation and to me like the mother of creativity really is like you can create a, a new uh, form of art it's probably going to be shit. but if you combine two things that people are relatively familiar with then there's some observation of like hmm, that could be that's interesting So, I'm just combining existing things that we're all already aware of, or most of us are, and putting it into a place where it didn't exist in the wild before, but now it lives and it fucking works. And that's a successful growth hack. Uh, But sometimes, you know, like you can combine things that never come together and never pan out. And I've had many experiences like that just the same.
0: Can we say that your background in psychology, just because I <laughs> I heard of that <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> as, like, That's awesome. as a, like, I like have an influence or like you know how you relate to your approach, maybe also with your your uh, co-workers, also like when you start or some like a new project or something, or just like related to marketing, like how psychology know that psychology is important for marketing, but how it's important for growth hacking in particular.
1: Yeah, I I mean, awesome question, uh, and thank you. Um, but yeah, so like the, the psychology background that I got, I really yeah maybe like can tell us
0: more about it, like the psychology. Yeah, sure.
1: So like I let like most everybody else, an eighteen year old version of myself, decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life, uh, and you know that, that's quite daunting. I had ambitions of getting a, a PhD and going into clinical research. Uh, within, yeah, like clinical psychology uh, and neuroscience as a minor, Uh, and I found very quickly that after two years of just volunteering for lab assistant work every week, that I was really not as into psychology uh, as maybe I thought I was, because the amount of time, effort, and energy that I'd have to put in to be able to eventually do what I wanted is like 20, 20 to 30 years of work. Fuck that. Like, I'm not, I'm not that patient. There's no way. So the reality was, I, I kind of got dumped out of, of college at the height of the economic recession. And with a degree in psychology, nobody was hiring me to do marketing. And I didn't have enough experience. I've you know, been working on all kinds of different internships for free for all kinds of different companies, and nobody was giving me a chance. Uh, and that's kind of how getting experience works, especially within marketing. If you don't have a marketing degree, and you're trying to get into any organization that wants to you know, give you a, a test run or, or try out, it's, uh, there's some barrier to entry. And I do genuinely believe the psychology stuff that I picked up, it's a big part of growth hacking. Uh, you know, the way that you can run an experiment uh, and set a hypothesis and then test it against statistically significant data, there's, I mean, that's, that's the shit that I hated to do in class, but I did it. Uh, So I'm doing that now, you know, in in the form of growth hacking and and digital marketing and some of the best growth hacks and the ones that have scaled the unicorns that we're aware of, whether it's Uber, Airbnb, fucking A, even like G Suite, Google, uh, you know, like that they're all using different forms of psychology in order to really give themselves the best possible chance at either having a huge wave of new users or Grabbing a lot more uh, potential customers, or ROI, or whatever the case is, and it's this rapid experimentation uh, and kind of playing with the psychology of why somebody is buying, what is the intent behind it. I think that's where the most interesting stuff comes out. So yeah, there is there is psychology at play. Um, I don't know if I I never thought I would be in this position, but you know, it, it's kind of a happy accident, which is you know kind of what yeah, life no, is all about.
0: No, like. Especially, for example, now in the year of social media, like many companies are starting doing like memes, for example, or like just the Eastern marketing, just like utilizing like the, the last thing that happened like in the whole world and just make a meme of it and like try to split something. So yeah. yeah, that's why I mean like the psychology has a really, really big impact on that. So actually that your background worked like uh, good for you in this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm still learning, you know, there's, I don't think there's any end to it, you know, and no, yeah, we never of,
0: stopped.
1: No, we never
0: stopped. You doing. Know?
1: And I think one of the cool things, you know, is psychology, user experience and, and marketing, they, they really play well together, you know, and finding uh, kind of that interesting balance in, in a project can make a big difference and it's measurable. So like, yeah, there's always some, some form of something that you can tweak and test, and, and get a major output. And I always kind of try to find those when I can.
0: Can you say there is a, something like a relation between the Pareto principle, like the 80-20 rule, which, I mean, it says that 80% of companies' sales comes from about 20% of its customers. Can we say that there is a relation a relation between like this rule and growth hacking? Because if we want to, all oh, grow hacking means just to point to everybody. What's yeah. your about it? Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, and it's, it's always been that, you know, like the 80 20 rule exists pretty much everywhere in society. You know, it's almost like that Fibonacci sequence that you always see uh, yes. going over top of, yeah. I love those memes, by the way, like accidental <laughs> resident uh, Renaissance art uh, amazing stuff. But um, yeah, the, the idea of 20% of the things are going to drive 80% of the results. It, it, it kind of throws people a little bit and I've seen it personally with every company that I've ever stepped into. Usually it's one, maybe two blog posts that are driving 80% of the traffic for an entire website. And most people are like, well, it can't be possible. And it's like, no, it is though. And if you think about that being the case with organic traffic, it's also going to be the case with clients. It's going to be the case with ads. It, It literally is everywhere. And you know, there's, there's so much room for experimentation because you maybe haven't found that 80% that result yet because you haven't tried enough things. And I, I try to kind of remember doing that because in many cases, I, I think what happens is it, it turns into like check the box with so many different tasks. Um, but I also want to understand like, why did something work or why didn't it work? Uh, And I I think that gets you closer at upping your your percentages so that maybe some of your projects that could have drove a lot of traffic or had a big result didn't work out for just a really small fraction of a reason. And a small change can really make all the difference.
0: And are you able to find that little, like, small fraction?
1: It depends. I mean, sometimes stuff is just completely different. So, like, I'll give an example. Um, We're running... We're running some scraping campaigns, which is uh, one of the things that for anybody that really wants to get into digital marketing, if you fucking learn how to scrape stuff and it's not that hard, uh, you're pretty much irreplaceable inside of an organization that understands the value of growth hacking. Um, so like some people get started write with web. This
0: down for my yeah, go for it.
1: Web Scraper <laughs> IO is probably the first tool that I use. It's a freemium tool. Uh, Octoparse used to be a freemium tool, but there's tons out there. Uh, and in any event, scraping allowed me to basically get access to a new list or a new uh, group of people. So an example uh, would be using like a, a tool like TexAU or Phantom Buster to pull a bunch of people that have engaged on a LinkedIn learning course. Uh, and I have a course, it's called Growth Secrets, Uh, You can check it out on growthsecrets.org. check it out, guys. (laughs) Um, And so I figured everybody that has liked a course on growth hacking on LinkedIn or on digital marketing on LinkedIn uh, will probably be a potential buyer or interested in my course. So I scraped all of their information and enriched the emails. Uh, and sent out a bunch of emails to their 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 work email, not personally, so I'm GDPR compliant for those that are like, oh, you can't do that. It's like, yeah, you fucking can. So um, one of the things that was an interesting hack within this was I scraped their image, their, their profile picture and put it into a meme. Uh, and the thought was that somebody would open it and be like, oh shit, that's my face inside of what looks like a screenshot of a news anchor talking about this is the next amazing growth hacker because they took growthsecrets.org. I thought that would be such a novel experience, something new that nobody had ever maybe received in a, a you know formal email that they might be like, I got to see what the fuck this is because that's crazy. Yes. Uh, and yeah, you would think.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I would res- totally like click on the like, what the, what is yeah. this, sorry, what's going on?
1: So, the, the downside uh, is that people are fucking weird and you can't predict every human behavior. So, people are like, take that off right now. I'm calling the police. And it's like the fucking internet police. Like, what are you, nuts? Like, who are you calling? You know? And it's one of those really fascinating things that as soon as you use somebody's likeness, their face, it changed the way that they perceived it. When I did this with logos, when I did this with, you know, Mergefield first name, first and last name, it wasn't that kind of like reeling back of this is creepy. This is weird. As soon as you use their image, people like who like, where are you? You know, and and that really kind of disappointed me because I thought it was going to be this really interesting kind of aha moment where people would be like, that's awesome. I want to follow and figure out what you do. Uh, And it wasn't. And and those are those kind of experiments that you have to sometimes try out in order to observe and, and react and go, okay. Well, this is only pissing people off and nobody's actually going in and buying the course. So this was a failed experiment.
0: But uh, also, <laughs> if, you, if you get the person actually engaged with it, they're going to be like your best customer ever because he's going to be crazy about you and like what they have done with them. So sure. what do you like think the metrics that you consider most important like in your job?
1: Well, so uh, I... On LinkedIn, I always like see these people that are like, yeah, comment to get the free resource. So like this one guy put out, uh, I think it was like 500 KPIs, key performance indicators, which are basically metrics. Uh, And ultimately like, yeah, the stuff that was in there was kind of (laughs) like, you know, like there's vanity metrics, which are things that aren't quite real uh, or mean nothing, but sound kind of cool. And then there's- like so that would actually it would be number of likes per post
0: okay that's that's true yes yeah it's like how much
1: money does that make you and it's like uh none then it's like yeah it's a fucking vanity metric followers on linkedin or uh you know retweets like that isn't it's an interesting thing i guess to, to take a look at it doesn't mean that you have to throw the data out but in terms of the metrics that actually matter if you're trying to get a round of funding from an investor. They don't give a shit about how many tweets that you've put out uh, or how many words an article is. They wanna see what you've converted into actual revenue. So in many cases, it's the revenue that is the most important thing, which is return on investment. We spent this in marketing. How much do we make off of that? Take all the salaries, all the things that we've paid for, laptops, computers, whatever, and uh, rent for the office and uh, all the other things that you might pay for, tools, blah, 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 ads and everything, and basically divide that by the number of of converted customers and what you've actually received uh, in money. And that is kind of like your overall ROI, return on investment. And if that number uh, can be increased, then that's what growth hacking is for, but that's the shit that most people wanna measure. I think a lot of the other stuff is interesting, but not ultimately what investors want to see. And, and in many cases, especially within the startup scene, that's kind of what I have to focus on in order to help the company get the next round and the next round and so on.
0: You said before you were like a fanboy of the <laughs> um, creator of the name of Hacking. Do you have like any favorite marketer and why, like, uh, you know, TED talks and stuff about it? like.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so like...
0: Besides be you your own favorite marketer, I mean, like, do you have any inspiration from other someone else?
1: Yeah, not not really. Like, it's one of those crazy things that uh, it's an expression in the States, uh, which is like, never meet your heroes. Um, you know, I, there's some people that I admire from afar uh, where it's like, eh, like, this guy knows his stuff. Uh, or like that person has built some pretty amazing things. Um, I I don't know. Like I, it, it wouldn't be other marketers because I think some of us are are kind of doing our own thing and and you know half the time I don't take the time to really look at other people's stuff and That's yeah true. I don't know. Um, it's it's just it's weird. So like some people are or as my my friend Todd puts it. Uh, it's an American expression, Starfuckers, where it's like, you know, they're the ones that are watching TMZ and Kanye and all these things. And it's like, go, go live your own life. Like, this is not interesting. You know, this is not stuff that's ever going to result in something other than a, a, a name drop at a cocktail party. It's like, oh, I saw that piece on the news as well. In terms of people that I really admire, it, it, it is entrepreneurs. And it is, uh, on rare occasions, somebody that kind of built a cool hack, but it's there aren't too many like influencers that I, I can really point to. Uh, there's people that kind of admire my work. I admire their, that sounds super arrogant. I admire. No. People's <laughs> work sometimes. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've met Gary Vaynerchuk and I I love kind of what he's built in his energy, but I also think it's a double-edged sword. Cause as soon as you start mentioning Gary Vaynerchuk, people are like, Oh, I get it. You're one of those. And it's like, no, dude, I'm not a hustle porn uh, kind of like, you know, uh, live live to, to do the startup scene kind of thing, uh, not because of him, certainly not. So I don't know, tough tough to answer.
0: Okay, uh, I think it's going to be like my last question. Do you have like an, uh, any, you know, suggestion for us students like just, you know, now stepping our foot in uh, into like the marketing world and stuff. Like nowadays we have so many options like to start even like from YouTube videos, as also you said in one of your previous session, but do you have like any you know general suggestion about how to start? Also, maybe just from go hacking.
1: Yeah, I mean, so like there's there's a couple of different areas. This, I'll try to keep it as as tight as possible. But um, so the presentation I gave this morning mirrors a lot of this. You're getting into a really tough economy, um, really tough one. Like the closest thing to it uh, within the last hundred years was you know, the great recession. Uh, and that's when I graduated. I graduated at uh, the peak of it. It was uh, December of 2008 and it sucks. Uh, it sucks because you're ready to kind of start your life. You desperately want to get into something just to fucking learn, you know, like it, it feels like you're burning time for no reason. Uh, and not many people get opportunities when there are no jobs around uh and so yeah one of the way-
0: about-
1: yeah I believe it <laughs> but you know you're not alone in that you know and I think people that are my age remember getting into a job market for the better part of like three years it just wasn't shit you know you're are you from Italy or Spain Italy Italy sorry I, I didn't mean like it was either or I I just thought you know it was one of those so um yeah <laughs> so like the if you look at the unemployment rate uh, over in Italy, uh, it's it's really not quite recovered from that, the, the Great Recession.
0: And you're talking
1: about an entire generation that got fucked. Like, it's not fair. and, exactly. and is... That's
0: why I'm here in Denmark doing my master. Because... <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, then, hello. <laughs> uh, hello, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, you know, the, the how do you mitigate this? Um, and, you know, there, I would recommend if, if somebody's really into to kind of reading up on this kind of stuff. Sh- not Sean Ellis. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell put out this really cool book called Outliers. Uh, and it highlights the people that basically came into the workforce during the Great Depression. Uh, and then they measured to the, you know, the decade after and the decade before the people that came in during the Roaring 20s. Uh, versus, you know, the 1940s. And, and basically the outcome was that those that came into a workforce during a really tough economy never quite made it to the same level as those before and after them where things were good and jobs were plentiful. Uh, and that is, that is a, a generalization. It doesn't mean, well, oh, well, that guy was actually born in uh, that period. And he, it's like, yeah, I fucking no uh, But the, the point of this is that you either have to work twice as hard or basically sit by and suffer the consequences and wait your turn, which, hey, that's not really an option for most people. Like Denmark's cool. They give you two years uh, to basically chill and just get free money from the government. And I don't know how long that'll last. Like, that's fucking crazy. Uh, I had to go immediately into the the workforce and take any job that was available because I had $500 monthly payments to chip away at $45,500 with a student loan debt. So like different ball game. But what I ended up doing that worked out in the long run for me was eating a lot of shit, going through what I I call fake jobs. So it's jobs that you should have a robot to do. Uh, you know, whether it's cold calling, or door to door sales, or dude, I, I sold barrels uh, at. Uh, county fairs and uh, Irish festivals and balloon festivals and then went door to door to all the vineyards and wineries and distilleries in the areas to try to sell American white oak barrels like the big casts that you have aged wine or whiskey or whatever in. It was a shit job uh, and I did that for the better part of a year after graduating and I also managed their online sales Uh, which allowed me to figure out how to do drop shipping and a bunch of other crazy kind of automation within newsletters. So it was a fucking trade-off. But the reality was like, that was a really shit time and it didn't go away. I was doing that for years. So if you think that like I'm a a wildly successful dude, that's so not the case. And I think as of like the last five years, I've had a pretty good run. Uh, But for anybody that's stepping into a market right now, especially the way it is right now, you're gonna be walking into this cycle of, I don't have a job because I don't have experience. I don't have experience because I don't have a job. And it just, you go around and around and around and it fucking sucks. So what I recommend doing and what I did was I worked for places that were just willing to give me experience. And in many cases, there was no money associated with that. Or if there was, it was commission only. So there's no fucking salary to come in and learn on my dime, you know? and, And that frustrated me like you wouldn't believe at the time. But in hindsight, now I realize like that was the chance for me to figure out automation and drop shipping. And had I not eaten shit for about a year to do it, I wouldn't have had the chance for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I I don't know, like I think we're kind of predisposed to, to lean into these like get rich quick kind of schemes. And if you thumb through, anything on TikTok that's related to entrepreneurship it's a bunch of fucking people that are half our age doesn't matter how old you are if you're oh, two and and half, there's the baby yeah yeah there's a there's a baby out there that i'm sure that's the first fucking billionaire and it's like well how come you can't be like that baby you know the reality is you're not and it is in many cases a very false narrative of these people that are wealthy beyond your wildest dreams and it's like all right first go fuck yourself Second, timing is everything. And if you thought it was as easy as this 16-year-old kid made it out to be, then everybody would be millionaires. The way that they're probably doing it is making money with something that's scalable. So find something that scales. And also, you don't get to see all the other fuck-ups. You don't get to see all the other things that they tried and lost a bunch of money and time and all that stuff. So I encourage anybody and everybody that is trying to get out there and do something, get into the the world of marketing and get into the world of entrepreneurship. You just need to kind of take a couple of bats. You need to try some things that aren't going to work. And eventually you get a little better over time, but it does not happen in a year. It doesn't happen in two years. Uh, I'd like to say it happens in five, but you know, it, it's it, life goes on for a while. So, you know, the, there's a, an element of patience there, but just do shit, that's it.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for your time, Taylor. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, uh, especially for CBS students. I hope CBS will like probably have another lesson with you, hopefully in person this time.
1: Yeah, I want to get out there. I, I'm gonna yes. be doing something with um, I think I'm gonna be doing something with CSE. Uh so that's the accelerator out there. Uh they wanted me to do like a remote version, but with the new like rules that are updated, I might actually be coming out. I don't know. I'll, I'll definitely let you know and, and
0: figure yes. it out. That would be sure. Cool. Looking forward to it. So, again, thank you, Taylor, for taking this time to do this podcast with Marketing Laboratory. And I hope you have a nice day.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you.